0: A lot of people joke about this as being crystal ball gazing. There are methodologies and there are approaches to doing this, some more scientific than others. You are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, a podcast for Australian tax professionals.
1: Welcome to episode 172 of Text Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Klaas for sponsoring this episode. Chris Hooper of Acodex in Adelaide is an accounting futurist and I wanted to know what that actually is. What does an accounting futurist do and how exactly does he do it? But in addition to answering this question in this episode, Chris also shares a lot more insights into practice management and technology. So here's Chris. You studied foresight. Yes. Can you tell me what that looked like?
0: So I guess this came to me after, I guess, my zero slash cloud revelation. I learned very quickly that, you know, I got, I guess, very lucky predicting the future of the accounting profession with respect to cloud. And that was an absolute fluke. But I, I kind of came to the conclusion. It's like, well, if I can predict the future of the accounting profession, I guess, consistently with a high degree of accuracy and build businesses and make investment decisions around that model of the future, then I was going to, I guess, make a lot of money. And that's kind of what prompted me to go, okay, cool, learn how to predict the future. And that just kind of started with a foray into Google, and then got me onto uh, several books and audio books and, you know, online courses. And, yeah, it's kind of something that I picked up and I haven't really put down since.
1: But you had a very lucky streak. You picked Zero over MYOB or SAGE or yes. Sasu and all the other ones that were around at that time. And Zero turned out to be the winner, I think, at least yep. in Australia. Then you picked Receipt Bank at a very early yes. stage. And that, at the moment, seems to be the market leader. And then yep. you picked Practice Ignition at a very, very early stage and that seems to be the market leader at the moment. Yeah. So you seem to have an incredible knack for picking the leader.
0: Yeah, which is you know comes to the, the premise of my, I guess my work in studying the future. It's like I have to build I guess models and processes around how to actually do this because I have to make a decision whenever we pick an app partner to actually go with, you know who's going to be the market leader in 20 years time? right? Because they're the ones who we want to, you know, partner with. And to do that, you've kind of got to look at, you know, look at the business and look at the accounting profession and the landscape as a whole, and then make some decisions like that. Very similar. If you're picking like a, a point of sales system for your, for your client, you've got to make that decision because you don't want to come back in three years time, pull everything out and then redo it all. You know, so you've got to kind of pick who's going to be the the market leader that's, you know, going to have the best technology for the longest period of time. And that's not a straightforward exercise.
1: To have foresight. Are there specific tools or specific approach?
0: Yeah, look, a lot of people, you know, joke about this as being like crystal ball gazing. There are methodologies and there are sort of like, I guess, approaches to doing this. Some, you know, more scientific than others. But I mean, I kind of look at this as having like a battery of of tools and kind of using that to kind of make the most informed decision that I possibly can about where the industry is actually going.
1: Can you give me an example of a very simple tool?
0: Yeah. So, you know, the best example I can think of off the, the top of my head, and I was talking on another podcast about this yesterday, is just by looking at benchmarking reports, you know, so benchmarking reports and surveys are pretty easy to find in the accounting profession. You know, here in Australia, the good, bad, ugly report is, you know, the best example I can think of off the top of my head and actually monitoring the movements in those reports. Right. So I have a, like a pivot table on my computer, which has basically got every good, bad, ugly report going back to, I think 2010 which has got like these benchmark revenue, profitability figures, employee figures, et cetera, et cetera. And I can very simply create a data model. And then all you're doing is kind of like extrapolating some of these trends. And you've got this backed by like, I guess, hard math. And it's like those numbers tell a story if you've got enough data and that you're looking in the right places.
1: I feel very embarrassed to admit this, but I've never heard of the Good, Bad, Ugly report. Who issues it? And what does it cover?
0: So the Good, Bad, Ugly report is an awesome report for anyone who's listening. Yes, it covers off on like benchmarking performance like data as well. So it stratifies firms into sort of size. So it's like zero to 500,000, uh, 500,000 to 2 million 2 million to 5 million and then 5 million to 10 million and 10 million plus, right? So it breaks it down and then it'll break it down by state and region, you know, metropolitan versus suburban, et cetera, et cetera. And it'll look at things like, okay, cool, what was average, you know, median revenue, what was upper quartile revenue, you know, how many FTEs did these firms have? How many fee earners of those FTEs? What was their overhead percentage? All of that sort of stuff, like basically their full profit and loss but obviously across like several thousand samples.
1: Just software companies or just...
0: This only goes to accounting firms.
1: Oh, okay. So it just covers the accounting firms.
0: Yep. What you'll find is that most industries will have their own benchmarking reports. They're just kind of hard to kind of find. And so, you know, the Good, Bad, Ugly report in Australia is a great source of data, which I can actually build mathematical models to actually predict the future around.
1: You're the number one on Google for accounting futurist. Was that a conscious SEO effort? Yeah,
0: absolutely. That was by design, you know, having, uh, doing a workshop on branding and, you know, I checked it's like, has anyone planted a flag in this and kind of claimed, you know, this is, I guess, a, a moniker and no one had. And I went, okay, cool. I'm going to plant a flag in it and, and own it. And, you know, that, that was kind of the end of it.
1: let me just very quickly check that so i just quickly google accounting futurist and yes there you are chris hooper world's first accounting futurist (laughs) very well done second question who googles accounting futurist
0: i don't know i don't think anyone does but i do
1: Think the app landscape will change over the next few years?
0: Look, I think there will be consolidation and there will be mergers and acquisitions. I won't be surprised if you know the likes of QuickBooks, Sage, and Zero continue to kind of like acquire some of these second-tier apps and kind of integrate them into their core products. I think that there will be some companies that actually go out of business because they've kind of struggled to get product market fit or they were unable to kind of close another round of financing. Because I think an important thing for everyone to understand is that a lot of these companies are actually running at a at a quite a substantial loss. And the only reason that they're actually able to exist is because they've raised money from sort of external shareholders. And if that money runs out and the business is not profitable, then, you know, it's either got to sell up or it's got to wind up.
1: Do you think MYOB is still making a profit?
0: I, I think MYOB is making a profit. Whether it can continue to make a profit sort of in 20 years time is uh, is another thing entirely.
1: Do you have any contact with MYOB? Because in my mind, they must be kicking themselves because they were the absolute market leader 15 years ago. They're on a big downward spiral at the moment.
0: Well, look, I mean, this happens to all companies in all industries, you know, where it's like a company gets to this point of maturity, they make good, you know, profit, they don't invest as heavily as they used to into to research and develop and that sort of thing. And then eventually, you know, some kid in a basement cooks up a product that kind of blows theirs out of the water. And then they're forced to then, you know, spend the rest of their lives reacting to to external forces in the market.
1: Do you have contact to people at QuickBooks?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have plenty of relationships at my, at QuickBooks, at you know, at Sage and and Zero. And you know, I've made my rationale for a Codex being a zero firm in. in uh, Like in Australia, I've made that, you know, rationale and sort of stated my business case for it. And I've made my rationale for a codex being a QuickBooks firm in the United States. And it's like at the end of the day, I'm not going to be loyal to, you know, to one company over another. I'm going to be loyal to who's got the best product and who's going to win the market, right?
1: Do you see Xero going further up and up over the foreseeable future and the others continuing to struggle?
0: Look, I'm pretty sure that zero in 10 years time will be like myob. You know what I mean? They'll be the incumbent and, you know, there's a very high risk that they get complacent and that some kid in a basement, you know, cooks up the zero killer. I mean, this is just the way businesses and industries work, right? And it's not unique to the accounting profession. It's across all industry. And this is just kind of how it is and how it's always been.
1: at three major universities in south australia is that right
0: i have taught at all three of them i'm not actively teaching at all three at the same time <laughs> then i'd get nothing done
1: yes oh i see but you still you still do some teaching
0: yes and i've got like i've got you know very active relationships at all three of those universities
1: yes but that's nice that's nice of, because i can imagine you do that more to give than to than to get yeah absolutely
0: I love the work. I have a lot of fun. I feel like my students get a lot out of it as well. And, yeah, it's just something I enjoy doing.
1: Yes, and I can imagine you completely changed the perception of accountants because I think as a profession we have a very grey and weathered image. And I can imagine when you enter the room with charisma, a very modern outlook on things, very strong technical background, I can imagine you'd completely change the perception. What topics do you teach?
0: It varies from like first year accounting. So I've taught first year accounting for accounting students and then also a first year accounting class for non-accounting students as well, which was interesting. And then I've taught like more advanced sort of third year subjects such as like international accounting and business. And then I guess like more complex not complex from a technical perspective, but complex. From a, a business integration perspective.
1: Okay, and Chris, last question. What do you think is the greatest hurdle for us as a profession?
0: I think succession is probably the biggest threat and limitation to the profession. I read a, an article on going concern with a straw poll that said 60% of accountants under the age of 35 are miserable and like that is an overwhelmingly high number. So I think the profession as a whole that if it wants to kind of to stay new and to stay relevant is going to need to I guess take a look in the mirror and I guess figure out how to make Make the job attractive to young people.
1: But that's a terrible statistic. 68% under the age of 35.
0: 60%.
1: Six zero. Okay. Yeah, no, that's still that's still terrible.
0: That's very high, yes.
1: Hmm. That 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 is that is shocking. I'm 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 quite I'm quite shocked. Yeah,
0: so I think like you need to ask the question, why? Yes. Right. Um and look, I know this anecdotally. It's like I speak to young accountants all the time, every single day. And yeah, by and large, the majority of them are not happy. And you've just got to ask the question, well, why aren't they happy? And what can we do about it? An exact cause on why, you know, there is this level of, I guess, dismay in the profession. I don't think there's one particular cause. And I think this is why it's such a complex, you know, challenge is that you know, I don't think there is one simple thing that, you know, the profession as a whole could fix. I think it is multifaceted and it is extremely complex, but at the same time, it's also a problem worth solving.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: I think the technology is the greatest opportunity for the, the profession. I think the profession is going through a very profound change with cloud and then blockchain sort of on the horizon. And I do think that accountants actually have an opportunity to, to step up and to actually lead Change and I think that is going to create some good outcomes throughout the global economy. And I think that's something to get very excited about.
1: Yes, I agree. And maybe technology will also change the statistic that we spoke about before because when there is less drudgery in the work and when things are more automated and it's more about advisory and helping your clients,
0: more about the human conversation, right?
1: Exactly. You know, that might reduce the percentage of people under 35 who are miserable in the profession.
0: I certainly
1: hope so. Welcome back. I found a summary of the Good, Bad, Ugly report that Chris mentions for 2018. And it is interesting reading. And we should cover this in more detail soon. In the next episode, episode 173, David Lewis of Omnis Software in London will talk about the Internet and the networks we use to access it. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Class for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.